Welcome back to the Green Element podcast, where we feature business leaders and innovators transforming their operations to be more environmentally and socially sustainable. I'm your host, Will Richardson, and I can't wait to meet our guest today and help you on your journey of sustainability. Hi, Louisa. Thank you very much for joining the Green Element podcast. So you're from Toast and you make ale out of bread. Is that a good way to describe what Toast are? We do, we do, yes. We have a social social and environmental mission um, to change the world by brewing with surplus fresh bread from bakeries and the sandwich industry and also donating all of our profits to charities that are tackling the systemic issues in the food system. Brilliant. And where did this come about from? Do you guys have a background in bread or beer? beer? We don't have a background in bread or beer. We're environmentalists from the beginning. So our founder, Tristram Stewart, is a campaigner on the social and environmental issues in the food system. Myself, I was working at the Carbon Trust as a consultant working on uh, climate change issues business for five years. And yeah, we set up Toast as a mission-led business to use a really positive and engaging product to talk to people about some of the big challenges that we face and um, a potentially simple and fun solution to to it. But we've learned a lot about bread and beer along the way. <laughs> I bet you have. Yeah, I bet you have. What would you say your actual purpose was at Toast? So food production is the biggest impact that we have on the planet. It's responsible for 80% of deforestation, for 70% of freshwater use, a third of the carbon emissions um, that contribute to climate change. And yet globally, we're wasting a third of all the food that we produce. Um, It's a completely bonkers situation. We also have health issues as a result of us not feeding um, the population properly from undernourishment to obesity. So the food system itself is not set up well to feed people or to nourish the planet. By addressing one of those inefficiencies of the food system, namely food waste, uh, we can make steps to fix the food system. So using surplus bread, because bread is one of the most wasted household food items, it's something most of us enjoy on a daily basis or consumption of sandwiches in the UK is and all around the world is completely massive and we also as a population enjoy our beers as well so bringing those two together in a really fun way to to address the problem. What would you say your business superpower was? Well, I think turning bread into beer is a bit of a power, isn't it? (laughs) Well, actually, I say that. I say that, but the origins of bread making and beer making go hand in hand. They discovered recipes going back to Babylonian times of people brewing beer with surplus bread. Um, It's the fermentation of that bread that preserves the calories within it. And bread obviously has quite a short shelf life, whereas beer lasts for a long time. So it isn't as alchemic as we might like to say it is. It is a very natural process that we've been following for a long time. So maybe our superpower is more around engaging people in the challenge in a really fun way. Brilliant. Yeah, I didn't actually realise that it was such an old-fashioned method for brewing beer. I think I just assumed... I mean, it kind of makes sense because you've got yeast 
and it's all the same ingredients isn't it really? well yeah it's actually it's not the yeast it's the carbohydrates so we right. replace a third of the barley that would otherwise be used to brew with surplus bread so we're taking one form of sugars and converting those so how do you engage your staff suppliers and customers with your mission and purpose then Well, our employees, they are already, I guess, coming to toast as people that have quite a deep passion for the environment, given that we are such a mission-led business. The recruitment process itself involves us asking and finding out more about people's personal drives and making sure that they're a, a really good fit with us as a business. And then a lot of the stuff that we do internally is just very naturally fits with our ethos because we are all driven in that sense so we're very careful about you know how we do business how like our commuting for example is low impact a lot of the team cycle to work we have flexible working arrangements so to minimize travel as a whole and we give people time off so that they can support charities that mean something to them so people take two days a year where they can use that time to support a charity. They also have an an additional three days a year for personal development, and that might be for them to spend time, with again, with a charity or with a, a social cause that stretches them as individuals. On the supply side, we contract brew. So we work with a brewery up in Yorkshire called World Top, who are an incredibly sustainable business. They source water from a borehole in the ground. So it comes fresh from the ground. And then at the end of the brewing process, the water that's been used for cooling and for cleaning goes back through reed beds on the farm. So the brewery used to be an old farm and back into the land. They have turbines that power the brewery and also the spent grain at the end of the process goes to a local farm to feed animals and so they are already coming from a very environmentally responsible position and aligned with us as a business and then our customers you know I think the very fact that people are choosing to buy toast means that they are also aligned with what we're trying to do are often good at challenging us to do even better for example, we've worked with uh, the Green Vic, which is a, a pub in Shoreditch, a pop-up pub, who have looked to make the most sustainable pub in the world through the supply chain and the way that they run the business. And right through to you know our customers that are drinking the beer itself, many of those people that are maybe looking to just make some small changes in their lives uh, to have a more positive impact on the planet, but not sure what to do or are not able to make significant changes. So just by enjoying a beer, um, they're able to do something positive. And so it's reinforcing that message for them, communicating what it is that we're doing and how that feeds through to the impact that they are having by by having a cheeky pint it seems like quite a holistic approach to everything that you do then because you're incorporating all of your core values and bringing them all together and whether it is your customers and with anyone that you have contact with yeah i think so and we'll probably talk a little bit b corp i imagine but b corp has certainly helped us to think in a very holistic way because it does assess the business's approach across a whole variety of stakeholders and the way that you do business it isn't just focused on one final impact that you have 
And, you know, we've challenged ourselves to be as good as we can be in each of those areas with certainly with lots of room for improvement that we are working on. But it's certainly helped us have that holistic view. Yeah, I bet. And with B Corp, have you found it's it's helped you in the direction and helped you with what it is that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So the process, I said, as itself was really helpful. The impact assessment at the beginning gives you a framework to assess the business and to look across the way you interact and the way you are as an employer, uh, the way you interact with your employees, looking at your supply chain, your customers, your governance structure, and the impacts that you have on, on the environment. And that whole process provided us with a benchmark for how well we were doing compared to other businesses. And the great thing about B Corps is it's such an open and welcoming community that people are willing to share their knowledge and their experience with you so that you can develop and do better. I think ultimately we all are running commercial businesses, but we all have this bigger mission that aligns us together and we all are therefore supportive of each other. So I've met with lots of other people from B Corps who have provided advice on business challenges that I have been having. Equally, I've met with lots of people that are at B Corps or even going down the B Corp route to help them out with, with challenges. And we work together on joint projects like promotional activity, for example, on social media campaigns. I think being a small business can it sometimes feel quite well lonely but also you feel quite exposed because you know you're a small group of people that don't have all of the knowledge and deep expertise that you need to run a business and so you're reliant on connections and people that are willing to help you out as a business and I've just found the B Corp community to create that sense of a, a family I'd say of people that are there for you to help you out and make you feel like you're part of something bigger. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. I found exactly the same. With your background in sustainability, it's been similar with that, hasn't it? Because you had five years at Carbon Trust beforehand. And one thing that's always surprised me over the 15 odd years that I've been doing sustainability for businesses is how open a competitor is to another competitor with regards to sustainability and how I can get two people to talk to each other because they are, oh, actually, you're trying to be more environmental, so are we. Let's talk about how we can be more environmental, and I want to learn from you and you can learn from me kind of thing. And I wonder if because sustainability is such a big part of being a social purpose-driven business because it should be in its pure fabric of the business because we're thinking about the future, I wonder if that has core roots in what it is that we're talking about as a B Corp. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like the people themselves that are working in like CSR functions or working in sustainability businesses um, are ultimately working to this bigger picture and so are very collaborative. We're sharing knowledge and experience and having to work together. I think though that there is a genuine commercial challenge sometimes to collaborating. 
so I, there were projects that I worked on at the Carbon Trust where actually it can be very difficult to get the data that you need from a supplier because it's commercially sensitive information. And so to do, for example, a, a product footprint, sometimes we were having to use third party activity data based on a number of assumptions. So I think when you spread throughout the wide business, if the business as a whole isn't like environmentally or socially mission driven, there are barriers that come up. Um, but I'm often talking to people working in that sustainability um, function or in space that are breaking down these barriers. And I think the changes that we've seen in the last year that are driven by citizens and consumers that are forcing businesses to make sustainability less of an additional thought, a side thought, and more of something that should be core to the way that we do business. Almost, you know, it should become a hygiene factor where we sh- there are things that we shouldn't be doing if it is going to have a negative impact on the business. I think that in those cases, the businesses, the as a whole, are starting to open up more to having to consider people and planet at the same level as profit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we're seeing that more and more with businesses as well, with the way that, I guess, Extinction Rebellion has had a massive impact in our day-to-day living as humans. Yeah. I mean, like we can only really see it in the UK, but the surge in interest in how to become more environmental is definitely become much more prevalent in the last 12 months mm. than I've ever seen it before. I've seen people talking, I remember back in 2008, 2009, people were interested in sustainability and then it suddenly started waning again two or three years later. But I don't think, I don't think it was the same as it was then as it is now. I think, I don't know, there's something different now. Yeah, I think also there is that consumer pressure that people are expecting more of businesses and we have more means to call out bad practices, uh, namely social media, particularly in the past year or so, there's been a huge focus on plastics and and single-use packaging that's forced businesses to respond. And as one business responds to it, that then puts competitive pressure on other businesses to act. And so you create this new acceptable benchmark and then consumers expect more and expect more. So I find even for us, you know, we've, we're, a very sustainable business but we're not perfect and there's always more that we can do I find that we're held to very high expectations about the sustainability of of our impact um, which is great you know but it just means that we need to put that pressure onto other organizations that are not doing as much as us and yeah pushing organizations to continuously improve yeah it's that supply chain isn't it and ensuring your supply chain is as environmental as you. Because we're seeing people like Unilever and those larger organisations pushing that sustainability and social purpose-driven model down through their supply chain, saying we will only work with people that have ISO 14001, for example, mm-hmm. because it's an easy way to say, right, you have to be green to, be, to have 14001. Yeah, I think the power of organisations to influence their supply chain is big. Sometimes the supply chain is bigger than the customer, which obviously presents challenges. So everybody has to be part of this. And I think that's where we as individuals can influence business 
as a whole. You know, if people just stop buying something that they deem in that's not sustainable, then that's when the companies have to respond. Absolutely. When it comes to running an ethical and sustainable business, what would you say has been your biggest struggle so far? And can you tell us a bit about how you've overcome it? Oh, I would say probably resources, both in terms of people and capacity and financial resources. So when we first set up Toast, we set Toast up as a fairly small project, I guess, and we were doing everything ourselves kind of wearing multiple hats in different roles in order to be able to fulfill all of the various functions that you need to to run as a business. And that puts pressure on individuals. I think anyway, the fact that most of us are very mission driven, we're also, we hold ourselves to high expectations um, for the quality of the work that we're doing. Um, You do therefore have a tendency to work longer hours and work more intensively Um, and I think this is probably true of most startup environments actually but particularly mission-driven ones and you're always wanting to do more and more and more (laughs) and at some point you you have to say we can't do everything we need to focus and prioritize and to the point of the B Corp assessment where you you know your workers your employees are a core part of your the sustainability of you as a business you also have to look after your people and realistically people can't work at over 100% for very long so something has to give in those situations and i i think we've as a small business been really guilty of pushing ourselves too much and pushing each other too much and certainly felt some pressure in the business over the past sort of six to 12 months as things have really ramped up for us mm-hmm. and we've not necessarily been able to match that with having enough funding to be able to rec- recruit bigger and bigger teams so I'd say the lesson from that for me was about focus and assessing whether everything that you were doing is mission critical is what you're putting your time into going to have an impact on your ultimate objective as a business Um, and where it isn't then that's where you have to be stricter with yourself and to be able to say no more often it's really difficult when great opportunities present themselves and you know that you know it could be great for the business and you know but at the same time you can't do three projects that are all great for the business at the same time and do all of them well something will something has to give so yeah getting an unreal understanding of what your business objective is what your strategy is to achieve that objective how you prioritize your time in order to deliver against those objectives and then having um, the ability to say no. And then I guess from a financial perspective, we have been really fortunate that we've been through two crowdfund campaigns now, both reward-based ones, which means that you're not giving away ownership of the business, but you're inviting people to be part of the story. Um, in both cases, to be able to essentially pre-order new product. So the first 
crowdfunding we did was back in 2017 when we extended our range from one beer to three and we've just completed a crowdfunder to extend the range from bottles into cans as well Um, but that's a big financial outlay to do that first investment in for example the the canning line um and to brew enough beer to have those beers to sell to people uh, including some of our biggest customers like tesco and waitrose so having crowdfunders put in money and be prepared to wait a couple of months while you use that money to to brew and then get the products done is really helpful and we also did a equity-based crowdfunder last year to inject some real capital into the business that we called equity for good because we'd asked investors to make a pledge that they'll reinvest any net capital gains that they make into other social businesses those with an environmental mission so that the value that we grow in toast as a business can continue to do good at a broader industry level and having that capital of you know obviously that helped us to expand the team we moved from four people to where we are now at 12 people and invested a little bit into work on our branding and our marketing campaigns we've just launched a new look to the brand um, that was enabled partly by some of that investment that, that we had last year and we hope that these investments will have a step change in as a business and the success of the business but they, this all comes with the challenge of resource because it takes a lot more to raise capital and to run a crowdfunder than we might have naively expected <laughs> when we entered into them. So yeah, it's been really helpful for us as a business and there is finance out there and there are ways to access it. But again, it, it comes with a lot of hard work to get it. So being having that focus and clear strategy for where you're going and what you're going to need the money for and how you're going to spend it for maximum impact is really important. That's so useful. I want to get every member of um, the team that I work with to listen to what you've just said. <sighs> just totally resonates with me, totally resonates with me. And it is really hard. Yeah. If you could offer one piece of advice to our listeners, which could help them with their purpose, what would that be? I guess it depends on what your purpose is. And maybe that is the piece of advice. It's about being really clear about your purpose and not necessarily feeling that you have to be perfect in every single way. There are businesses that, so if you look at the B Corps, for example, there are some that are very focused on a social mission, whereas others are very focused on an environmental mission. And even within those two very broad categories, um, there'll be some that are focused on, say, the supply chain and fur trade in the supply chain. Others that are focused on the product offering for consumers and helping consumers to be more sustainable in their lives. But you can't do all of this. There are some businesses that can do more than one of those things. But it's I think it's been really clear about what your purpose is to it will help you and you know what we were talking about about having that focus you need to be really clear on what the purpose is in order to be able to say yes and and no to things have a really consistent external message as well so from my hat at the moment of um brand and marketing your purpose also is about communicating externally essentially what you're selling to people what is it that people are buying into when they engage with you as a brand or buy your beer 
and yeah just being really clear what that is there'll be some people that for them it it doesn't align with their own social beliefs and so you won't be the right business product service etc for them um, others who will get you 100% and will be amazing loyal advocates of your business and your brand but you the first step is about communicating really clearly what that is equally with your employees being really clear this is where what we're all aiming to do together this is the direction we're going and this is what we're hoping to achieve some people will love that and they will come along that journey with you with passion and enthusiasm and put everything into it um for others it just won't be right um and then you know they may decide that it's not the right fit for them as an employer but having that that purpose defined is a really important first step do you think that your experience at Carbon Trust has helped you with the reducing of your environmental impact and carbon footprinting for your business? Yes, definitely. So I was doing a lot of work on carbon footprinting of businesses and of products. I was also working on the policies, both from an external perspective and also internal sort of change management from for employees and a lot of the experience from working with various different clients in my time as, as a consultant also was really helpful the specific technical aspects of the role for carbon footprint for example have been recently very useful we just completed a study with Advance London who are part of the London Waste and Recycling Board. They completed a hotspot analysis of our business which looks across your entire business and identifies areas where your impact could be significantly improved and we focused then into one of those areas which was packaging both for the product and the outer packaging for the cases so we looked at glass bottles and compared those to aluminium cans um it they ran the study for us they collected the data they ran the analysis but being able to interpret that and then make decisions for us as a business was really important and to weigh up sometimes quite conflicting arguments for one option over the other so for example our outer cases for bottles are a cardboard tray that is shrink-wrapped with plastic that keeps the glass bottles tight together, prevents them from breaking. And we're planning to move to whole cardboard boxes um, with also dividers between the bottles to prevent breakage. When we looked at the carbon footprint of those two options, the cardboard box had a carbon footprint that was three times higher than the plastic alternative. And so we've delayed making that change while we look for a better option. We've also obviously moved to cans in the meantime that don't have the problem of breakage. And so we can use cardboard boxes that are much thinner and lighter for those cans but intuitively you may feel that we need to move away from plastic and actually in that case it wasn't the right decision from an environmental perspective for us as a business no for sure i think every situation has its own merits and you've got to you've got to look at every situation differently yeah Plastics are also different as well. There's so many different types of plastic with so many different types of recyclable factors involved within those plastics as well. 
Yes, that's true. It isn't, it isn't a blanket. No, not at all. Plastic. Right, no, not at all. And, you know, even we moved to using vegware um, cups for some of our tasting cups when we were out doing sampling and then subsequently understood more about the challenges for waste treatment of those that type of plastic. Mm-hmm biodegradable but it needs to be in industrial exactly it needs to be separated and industrially composted because it requires heat to break down it doesn't work in household composting and if it goes into plastic recycling then it can degrade the plastic recycling Mm. stream so there's all of these other factors to weigh up in making any decision yeah no I think that whole Vegware thing is quite controversial, though. Anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. I mean, I think it's a great move that we should be going in that direction, but we just have to make sure that the system as a whole is set up to better deal with it. You know, we need proper collection of the waste and proper treatment. We just don't have that at the moment in the UK. What would you say your biggest challenge or frustration was with regards to reducing your environmental impact? I would say it's the fact that we contract brew, so we essentially outsource um, the production process. Um, We are very selective in who we choose to work with, and that selection process is more important because we don't necessarily have the control. We certainly have the influence, and we can request or at least discuss changes that we would love to see made in, in the process but we don't have the ultimate control to make those changes. So, for example, looking at water efficiency with our brew partner, we rely on them to measure that and to find ways to be much more efficient with the use of water, Um, water being one of the biggest impacts of brewing because we use so much water. It's at least four pints of water for a pint of beer that can go up to sort of 10 times um, the amount of water for a pint of beer. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so the water is a really important factor to consider. But there's because the brewery isn't it isn't our brewery. We have limited control over what can happen, and the brewery is does the best, obviously, because anyway, the partner that we work with is very driven to to be as efficient as possible. But yeah, it's I guess it's you know it's that element of us relying on a third party for um, such a big impact for our business that can be a little bit frustrating. Yeah, I can imagine. Have you got any advice or learning that you'd like to share with anyone listening to this podcast? We touched on it earlier, but this idea of us never being able to be perfect, I think it's really important that we're honest about what we can do and what we can't do. And, you know, invite people to challenge us. And that requires us to be transparent about the reality of what we're doing and some of the challenges that we're facing. And also to respond to some of those challenges in a just a very honest way sometimes there are restrictions to what we can do because of the financial issues so for example we looked at moving to organic hops but the hop varieties that we use are not grown in the UK and one of the hop varieties that we could use to could move to was going to be 10 times more expensive so a change of product plus a financial impact that wouldn't make sense to us as a business um, the answer might be that although it doesn't seem logically the most um, sustainable response we've 
assessed the options and for us it's what we feel is the best solution so we, we talked about the plastic versus cardboard issue we also use malt so malted barley is the malt the barley is grown at the brewery the brewery used to be an old barley farm um, it then travels about 20 miles up the road where it's malted and then travels 20 miles back to be used to make beer so it has a, a tiny tiny footprint it's not organic barley and we looked into whether we should move to organic barley but actually the process for moving to organic is really complicated it would require the land to be left fallow for three years and anyway the brewery is using very environmentally respectful farming practices with the barley it just wouldn't make sense for us to change to a barley that is traveling a long distance instead of using this like micro locally grown ingredients um, the financial impact of that wasn't as great and so we we had weighed it up but the, I guess the bigger issue for us is we're tackling food waste by using surplus bread and we wouldn't specify that the bread had to be organic so we would never be an organic brewery in that sense there are organic beers that we've brewed so we for example do collaboration brews with stroud brewery who are a b corp and an organic brewery but for us it just doesn't make sense for our purpose which is about food waste um, so addressing bread and then also working with the local community and doing stuff as locally and sustainably as possible mm. but yeah i'd just say you know be transparent about what you're doing and then be honest in your response and i think you've answered it in a way of have a th- just think about what it is that you're doing and right. just think about it and that's right. probably as good as isn't it i mean everything that you've just said is think about what you're doing think about the plastic and the cardboard don't just rush into something just go and work it out and don't be uh, worried about going, actually, we're not going to go down that route because that may not be yep. environmental because you've thought about it. Yeah. The bit that I've taken away the most from that is the fact that you are properly assessing and evaluating every single situation that arises. Right, exactly. What's the best way that we can learn and connect with you? And of course, all of the things will be on the website as well. Yep. So I'm on um, Instagram and Twitter at Lou underscore Z, L-O-U underscore Z-E-D, or contact the team at Toast on hello at toastdale.com and our website, toastdale.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Louisa. Thank you very much for You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the end of this episode of the Green Element Podcast. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us so we can see them too. At GE underscore podcast. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website, greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better world. Mm -hmm.